Doug Scheiding of Row Cookers, baseball fan and barbecue world champion. You are listening to the Baseball and Barbecue Show with Lynn and Jeff. Welcome to episode number 95 of Baseball and Barbecue. It's a bonus episode. And once again, I'm Len Aberman. I am joined by the big bonus baby, Jeff Cohen. Bonus baby. Hey, Len, how you doing? <laughs> bonus baby. I looked it up. I believe bonus baby is somebody who, who was on the team, got a lot of money, right? I think that's what it was. And because they got such a big bonus, they stayed on the team. Is that is that right? That's that... probably that's partly accurate. Uh, back in the, I believe the 50s, the 40s and 50s, if you were paid a, such an uh, amount of money, you had to stay on a team. And that was right. happened to Sandy Koufax. So he was, you know, Sandy Koufax, first couple of years, was not Sandy Koufax-like. But he had to stay on a team because of he was a bonus baby. Right. But then, you know, Sandy Koufax became Sandy Koufax. Yes, yes. And and we may be witnessing, well, no, we can't compare anybody to Sandy Koufax, right? But No. But right now we are witnessing some greatness with pitching, with, with Jacob deGrom, if you want to. He, he's not Sandy Koufax, obviously, but, you know, only because you, you can't compare these guys of generations. We've had this talk over and over. Uh, six innings is is considered a you know a great start basically yeah, exactly. six to seven yes. and uh, back then these guys you didn't you didn't take the ball from them you know you would basically take the ball they had to be writhing in pain on the mound before you took the exactly. ball out of their hands exactly right you can't we we said it time and time again you can't compare these guys you know this is a bonus episode but let's tell folks what we have on this episode that they can look forward to <laughs> because then they'll fast forward past you and I and they'll be like, I right, like, can I just get to the interview? Right. Well, right. We, well we're we <laughs> on the road again. Oh, sing we, it. We, we took our show on the road. So that's how we should have opened it. We should have played that music, but you, you did it very well. Yes. Thank barbecue you. tour. Yes. Barbecue it's tour. Back we on went. the road. We went to a barbecue restaurant and we did an interview with the proprietor there. And, you know, this is the first time we really got out to a restaurant since you know, a, over a year. So it was great to get out there. Yeah, we we went local. It's called Dang Barbecue. And we spoke to the the owner, 
Anthony Mastrantonio. And he was very cordial, you know, very nice guy. He he has, uh, I think, like three, I think three barbecue three places. Yes, three locations. And he he took the time to to sit with us. It was it was the morning, and all you could smell was just the 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 sweet scent of barbecue just wafting through the air. And then after we were finished, he gave us some uh, some burden and a shake, and right, and a milkshake. And you picked. I have to I have to say it was great. Wasn't the shake I would have chosen? What what was it? Butter butter beer. Right? It was uh, like a Harry Potter milkshake, yeah. but it was good. It was. It was good. So if you are if you're on Long Island, you've got to go to Dang Barbecue. You you will really enjoy it. Jeff, speaking of barbecue, we have to congratulate um, a past guest of ours. We we actually had, at the time, he wasn't in the Hall of Fame yet, but he was on his way. Who knows? Maybe maybe our interview helped him. I would think so. Him. I would think so. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> so, Hall of Famer now, Meathead. All right. Congratulations, Meathead. Yeah, from AmazingRibs.com. First of all, such a great guy we he's he's on the radar we want to have him back on we just we just haven't had the the opportunity but that isn't because he wasn't fantastic and he is now a barbecue hall of famer so congratulations meathead it is it is well deserved yes it was his third time uh third time's the charm he should have gotten in on the first time but I don't know the Veterans Committee, the <laughs> the Barbecue Hall of Fame is a little different than the Baseball Hall of Fame, but very well deserving, and we congratulate Meathead. Absolutely. And Jeff, we have something. Listen to this. I love that. <laughs> Sounds like we have mail. Oh, do we? I just love that song. Oh, okay. yes, we we do. We have one of our listeners who has written us in the past. He wrote us a letter, and I will read that to you. We appreciate our listeners so much. And Jeff, while I'm looking for the letter, can you just tell everyone how they can write us or contact us? Sure. Uh, I'm going to go a different order this time. So our website is www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com. Our phone number is 516-855-8214. We have Facebook at Baseball and BBQ. Twitter addresses at Baseball and BBQ. YouTube, Baseball and BBQ. Instagram, Baseball and Barbecue, where barbecue is all spelled out. And our email is BaseballandBBQ at gmail.com. Please rate and review us. And here is the letter. Hi, guys. Just a note on a discussion in episode 94. You had talked about what a great resource the library at the Hall of Fame is for player information, for book research, and also for family members to find information on their loved ones. This is true. But there is so much more to the library than that. In many ways, it is like your local library in that it has copies of books and movies that can be viewed. There are also some very interesting items in the holding, including scrapbooks, such as the famous Lou Gehrig scrapbooks. 
that players have donated scorecards, minutes from league meetings, scouting reports, all kinds of stuff. I am lucky enough to have a friend who was at one time a research assistant in the library. He would give me tours of the holdings. A favorite item was the binder with the official scorecards of National League games. At the time, the binder was open full-time to the page with Jackie Robinson's debut with the Dodgers. Unlike your local library, sadly, you cannot check out items and take them home. Mike. You know, one, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. It, doesn't, it, it makes me want to go even more during the week to the library. So I want to thank you for writing that letter to us. Baseball Hall of Fame, just a great place. So uh, luckily, uh, Mike lives up there. And, and, and one day, hopefully, we can meet him up there and uh, we could do a tour. Jeff, do you remember when we went to the Baseball Hall of Fame that one weekend? No. You don't remember that. <laughs> well, every time you go to Baseball Hall of Fame, it's an unforgettable experience. Yeah. We had Roger. Remember Roger? I remember that, yes. And we went in January, and it was, it was unseasonably warm that weekend, if you remember. But Cooperstown was basically you know, closed down except for like the diner across the street, the little Cooperstown diner. And Roger went into that closet, if you remember, and he, he brought out like... I guess a lot of the teams donate things. So he brought out the Toronto Blue Jays catching gear. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And I put on the catching gear. Yep. I remember that was go. fun. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. And we spent, God, we spent two full days at the Hall of Fame. You know what? If anybody has a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, and it's great any time of year, I would suggest going a little off-season. I mean, it might be a little unseason, cool up there, but... You can experience so much more and without the crowds. It's a great place to go. Yeah. If you're going, if you're really going just for the Hall of Fame, what's great about it is you don't have to try and, uh, you know, get past people to see things. And, you know, obviously there are, th- there are things in the city itself in Cooperstown that aren't going to be open, but. The city you, is one you, block long. Maybe two. <laughs> right. I, yeah. No, I know. But there's also, isn't there like the wax museum there? Yes. That's not open a full year round. So yeah, right. check that out. Right. But the Hall of Fame was great. Speaking of baseball, Jeff, I think you have a baseball rant. I don't know if I would call it a rant, though. It, it, I've been thinking, though, that, you know, we, we met fans. We make no bones about that. And they've been rained out. Ten times, either rained out, snowed out. Uh, beginning of the year, they were COVID out. Uh, the first three games of the year, so they have to make up ten games, ten games, which are now going to be part of double headers. Now that means twenty games have been reduced from nine innings to seven innings. So you take two innings off each game. You're talking about forty innings that the Mets will play. Forty innings less that the Mets will be playing than other competition. Now, don't get me wrong. As a Mets fan, it, it probably benefits the Mets. But I'm thinking, if I'm like the Phillies or the Marlins, like, how fair is that? There's more. You can tire out your bullpen more. You have uh, you know, more successful injury. I mean, it's not fair that you have a different amount of games played. I mean, I know it's the same number of games, but the number of innings is going to be much different. So I don't think that's fair at all. No. No, it's not. If I was another team, I, I'd be upset. If I'm in a race with the Mets, and now 
my bullpen is more rested because they're they're pitching less innings. My my pitchers are rested. My even my regular players, you know, they're not playing the full game. You know, they're and and the Mets have uh, this year at least with the Grom and Walker and Stroman, and who knows when Carrasco and Syndergaard are coming back. But still, those are pretty good pitchers who can go six innings, seven innings, no no problem. So that that advantage Mets. And like I said, it benefits the Mets, and we're, we're happy about that. But as a fan of the, the game, it's not not fair at all to other teams. Right. And, and, and you, you know what? And, and the Marlins will never play doubleheaders at, at home because they have a roof. Neither will the, I guess, the Astros or the, uh, well, like that's when the Blue Jays, when they get back to Toronto. And uh, Milwaukee, there's teams at Seattle, they're never going to play doubleheaders at home. And they might have to play one, on the, one or two on the road. But at home, that they'll never happen. They, they all have roofs. How fair is that? It's not. It's not fair. And and you want again if you if you're a fan of the game, if you're a fan of the team, you want your team to win. But you know, you want your team to win because they really win. You don't want to have perfect example. And not to bring this up, but I'm bringing it up. Johan Santana pitches a no hitter for the Mets. Right? Upon review, instant replay. There was one ball that uh, was. Don't don't give me Jeff. That. I'm sorry, but they, no, no. I'll tell you why. Because okay, there was ahead. a game R. A. Dickey pitched, and he was throwing a no hitter. It ended up being a one hitter, but guess mm. what? That one hit, it was a foul ball that was called fair. So that that's a no hitter. Right. Then no, right? you're right. You, you you are right. Okay, forget everything I was saying. Forget it. It's a no hitter. Of course, it's. I agree. It is a no hitter. It's a no hitter, but you just you you want you don't want any controversy. That's the point. You want your team. Yeah. It, okay. It's like uh, Peyton Manning winning uh, his Super Bowl, but he they won because now you've got the deflated footballs or whatever. This you don't want to have anything. You just want it a pure victory where nobody could say, "Oh, but this and that and." That's my point. You just would like to have it where it's just clean. But I tell you something I will rant on, and that's fundamentals in baseball. They are so lacking in baseball. Unbelievable. Just the other day in a Yankee game, Gary Sanchez was on second base. Ball hit the shortstop. He gets thrown out trying to advance the third. You know, and I get people, my friends say, oh, you know, well, they should be teaching him how to, how to run bases at the major league level. I go, at the major league level? They should know that before they get to the major league level. Heck, I know that in the little league level. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I'm a fan. I mean, you know, what, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong with the fundamentals of the game? They can't just, you know, you don't try to advance on a ball hit in front of you. I mean, that's basic baseball 101. What do they do in the minor leagues? What are they teaching them in the minor leagues? Isn't, isn't that where you're supposed to be learning that? Exactly. You're supposed to learn base running and, and, and the techniques. Maybe on, on the major league level, you practice it and reinforce it, but you should know that get before you get here. That's absolutely ridiculous, uh, the, the, the fundamentals that's, that's happening. And what about that Pittsburgh-Chicago game? Remember, I don't remember the, the, the first baseman's name, but Javi Baez had, had a, a slow ground. Uh, ground. He went to first. He's running the first base. Stops, turns around. It was two oh, outs. Yeah. Two outs. Look, all the all the, the 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 defensive guy, all the Pittsburgh player had to do was touch first base. Didn't he ran him back? One scored. 
turns out he threw the ball. It, it was a, a really crapshoot. Okay, can I can I be his lawyer for a second and be def- on the defense here? Okay, sir, my client. It was the heat of the moment. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's easy to it. I'm not saying it, but you know, to be the the Monday morning quarterback, hindsight's twenty twenty. In the heat of the moment, he got duped. He, he I understand that. Brain know, farts happen. It happens. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And and that is just you know, you can look at the play and say, you know, all he had to do was touch first base and 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 that's it. But in the moment, I, I'm gonna give him that one. So that was it, it was, was a funny play though. It was entertaining. It, it was, was entertaining, very, right? It was it was very entertaining. Yes, yeah. No, I liked it. Jeff. On another note, let's go back to barbecue. What are you going to be cooking? What have you cooked? What's how has the season of barbecue been shaping up in the Cohen family? Well, I think it's going to only get better. I haven't really gotten to the really barbecue you know schedule. Mm-hmm. But it looks like uh, next couple of weekends is supposed to be good, so I'm definitely going to fire up the Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make some hamburgers because I saw a recipe on Elder's Kitchen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use one of Elder's sauces and yes. make, make some hamburgers and put it on the grill. Now I'm not sure what grill I should use. Maybe I'll use the pit barrel. Maybe I'll use the uh, the Weber. Or the trigger. I haven't. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I know trainer. I won't be using the, the Weber bullet, bullet smoker because I don't have one of those. No, that right. Okay, so so you got three out of four. Okay, <laughs> it, all it does is make it more confusing as to which one to use. Exactly. I have been. I I cooked a lot of chicken thighs because we will be having on in the next couple episodes coming up. We will have on Bree Blackford from as you said. Uh, Elder's Kitchen. Elder's Kitchen, yes. Very, very nice person, makes terrific sauces. And we, I had three different sauces, and I had to try them. So I bought a lot of chicken thighs, and I basically was saucing them all and kept them all separate. And I had to have, I wanted to have separate, I had to have separate brushes. I, had to, I didn't want to have one sauce touch the other because I wanted to make sure we were doing a taste test. God, I must have had like 24 chicken thighs on the grill, which is a lot for two people. <laughs> but uh, we were eating chicken thighs for a long time. and uh, But we'll have her on. And, you know, speaking of products, Jeff, we, we should really mention BaseballBBQ.com, right? They are a great company. Grilling season. It's baseball season. And... Father's Day is coming up, and they have grilling tools and accessories that will just will really make the, the the baseball fan, the barbecue fan in your life happy. So go to baseballbbq.com. Jeff, I know you just bought some some items from there, right? I did. I bought a, a birthday gift from them, the, yeah. and it was great service. Uh, very easy to web utilize the website. I had the name put on the on the handle, and I got it within a week. It was just fantastic. And yes, def- definitely check them out. They are really nice tools, and yes. they engrave them like you said. I mean, that's just, and it's. I mean, it's really, really that baseball bat handles. It's perfect. Yes. So yeah, yeah. And also, don't forget the the pandemic baseball book club. Of course, we would never forget them. 
And you know what? As long as we're mentioning companies, fifthandcherry.com for cutting boards. We haven't mentioned them in a while. They have some beautiful cutting boards. So check them out. Also, Father's Day's coming up. A beautiful, nice cutting board is definitely a nice gift. Jeff, what are you, what are you getting me for Father's Day? I, I don't want to know. I don't, surprise me. <laughs> surprise me. I, I, I'm sorry I asked. Just surprise me. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Maybe I'll take you out to breakfast. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, or, or to Dang Barbecue. Go to Dang Barbecue. <laughs> Speaking of Dang Barbecue, should we go into the interview? Absolutely. Here it is. Baseball and barbecue, it is about time. The road trip, the barbecue road trip continues. Exactly. We finally, we're on the road again, and we're, we're in a local place. We've been passing this place for months and months and months. We've been wanting to... Jeff, how long have we been wanting to stop in here? About a year. Right, a year. We are in Dang Barbecue. And guys, this place, you, you should see, it's Dang, and it looks like... Uh, it, it looks like um, uh, almost like if you're a fan of the old Batman with the, with the pow. It's got the, the thing around Dang that makes it look like it, it was a punch or something. It's, it's Dang yeah. Barbecue. We are with Anthony Antonio. He is the owner, and we're, we couldn't be more excited. We're so glad. Baseball and Barbecue Road Trip, here we are. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> All right. We, so, Anthony... If you know, it's amazing. We're here. It's ten in the morning. We're it's a Saturday morning at ten o'clock, and uh, it's it's so funny because most people would say ten o'clock that's early for barbecue. But all of a sudden, we walk in here. I hear I smell I smell some wonderful things going oh, yeah, on, yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm getting. I, I I don't care what time of day it is. There's always time. It's always time for barbecue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you have cooking in the kitchen right now? Well, we start early. Our brisket, our uh, pork butts, those all take uh, upwards of uh, 10 to 12 hours to smoke. So, you know, we start early in the morning to have them ready, you know, by opening. So they're in there going. You know, our ribs, our chicken, our sausage, things like that, a little bit less time. But, they're, you know, they're, they're more around the four, four to six hour range. So, so the guys are in here early in the morning, you know, loading the smokers, you know, getting those going and getting ready for the day. So... You know, a lot goes into it. A lot of uh, babysitting the wood, babysitting the, the smoke. So, Now, you have three locations. Yes. Now, when we spoke on the phone, you said that you do some smoking of certain meats at each location. Then what do you do? You bring them over to the other? Right. Well, our, 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 our flagship, our first store was in Islip, uh, which is in Suffolk County. And uh, we have our big... You know, granddaddy, you know, big smoker over there. So, you know, during the busy season, they're doing the heavy lifting on the larger cuts of meats. You know, we have uh, our pit master over there, Brian. He works basically, you know, through the night, you know, six days a week, you know, smoking all the larger cuts of meat. So all our brisket and uh, pork butts and whatnot are being done and prepped over there. And then uh, they're being some some smoking is being done here during the day for that, but it's being uh, supplemented from the from the Islip store. And then the new location in Hop Hog is our newest spot, and that's a little bit, a little bit different than the traditional barbecue places. So what we have there is we're calling that the Dang Barbecue Cantina. It's more of a, a like a pub and bar, and restaurant uh, set up in a place called Simplay, which is in Hop Hog, 
and SimPlay is a is a complete uh, sports simulation and interactive uh, gaming center where you could actually play uh, any sport from golf to hockey to dodgeball. And you know it's a really popular place. It's really you know we're really excited about it. So uh, you know having this kind of marriage between Dang Barbecue and Simplay is, is exciting. And we're here in the Seaford location on Merrick Road for those who are on Long Island. So you said you smoke go through the night. So you'd start the brisket what six in the morning to be able to have a, for the dinner rush? Uh, no, like, more like uh, more like three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, get that fire going to get it done by lunch. Yeah, the fire gets started actually closer to midnight and they start loading the smoker because once you get the fire going you have to get the smoker going and you have to get the uh, the wood down to where it's producing the right kind of smoke you know you don't want to put it in right away because you get black smoke right away so they start uh, loading that smoker up around midnight to get the fire going you know they're trimming down everything with, with the meat peeling the ribs doing all that stuff through the night so uh, the guys who work overnight in Iceland they, they're working from like midnight on so now Anthony Let's talk about brisket for a second. Okay, let's let's uh, we jump around here. So I'm going to try and stay on 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 target here. The smokers that you're using, mm-hmm. I, I happen to know that there's another barbecue place which will remain nameless that a couple of years ago had an issue because neighbors were complaining. I, I don't know how anyone would ever complain about the smell, but I guess mm-hmm. if there's constant barbecue smell. They were complaining about it, and there was some system they had to put in to, to get rid of that yeah, smell. Yeah, scrubber system. Okay. Do you have that? Over here, we haven't had the need for it because we're not smoking at the level here that they were doing at that other location. Right. And um, also, they have houses literally right behind their location. Right. We have okay. a little bit of a, a cushion. We have a municipal lot in between, so our neighbors have been great. It's it's a passive smell, you know, that's coming from here, but nothing. Right. Uh, it's been a diner for years. You know, another issue that the other location had was they took over a place that wasn't previously a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, I believe. And so I think the neighbors around here are just used to, you know, the food smells in the morning. So this place has been uh, a landmark diner for over 30 years over here. Um, right. The uh, Seaford Palace Diner. And so the neighbors who are closest to us were probably used to the smell of, you know, eggs and, right. you know, burgers cooking and things like that through the night, uh, early in the morning. You know, diner hours are right. all through the night. So we're open basically uh, just from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So, right. you know, we're not really, you know, doing anything different than has, right. hasn't been done here for years. So It's just a new smell, basically. You know, it's... A little bit different. Yeah. Right. Now, what kind of smokers are you using here, at least in the Seaford location? The company's called J&R. Um, they're located in Texas. They, they've made the smokers that, that we have in both places. Um, we also have, there's another company called Cook Shack that makes smaller smokers that, that work out really well for us. We have a, a couple of Cook Shack smokers and we have a J&R smoker. So you're using, so you're burning wood. I mean, there's, it's, yeah. So they, you got to keep those, those pits have to be watched constantly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the modern smokers, you know, whether you're using uh the brands that we use, or even the Southern Pride or Old Hickory type smokers, they, they all right. have sensors. It's not, you know, it's not exactly you know what you might find along the side of the road in South Carolina, <laughs> where you know they build something out of a 55 gallon drum, and they you know they just know by feel how temperature. I mean, there's temperature gauges that you know it lets you know where you need to be. So I can't sit here and claim to be one of these old time uh, pitmasters that you know really. By looking at the fire, you can tell you the temperature of it. You know, we have we have modern technology helping us as well. <laughs> So you get, uh, obviously, you have a constant source of wood. Where do you get this wood sourced from? Uh, we have a couple of different suppliers, but they're locally sourced. We use cherry wood and oak. Basically, uh, believe me, it's, it's not that easy, but we've been calling around. But 
we have a, a source that's out in Suffolk County. He drops off uh, the cords of wood, you know, to both places. So. Yeah, I would imagine you're going through a lot of wood. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the hardest part about it is stacking it all up when it comes in. You know, they drop it by the, the cord, and they just drop it in our parking lot over an ice slope, and then we have to stack it all up, and then we split it, and we bring what they need out here to Seaford. So, you know, we load up a truck, and we send it out mm-hmm. here. So. Where did it come from with the name Dang from? Dang Barbecue was a name that I had come up with years and years before. I had gone to school in Tallahassee, Florida State. My wife and I both went to school there. And our kids were all raised kind of, so my wife's from Florida. And I fell in love with barbecue while in Tallahassee back in the early 90s. And that time in New York, there was no such thing as barbecue. Barbecue was cooking in your backyard, grilling you know, we call that barbecue up here. So, I mean, there were places that had ribs, you know, but really there wasn't any true, like, southern kind of barbecue type places, you know. We loved going on road trips, taking the kids. I have five kids, and we t- would take road trips down to Florida. And I had always made a point to where I wanted to get some dang barbecue when I get down there. And I was like, you know, don't forget my barbecue. And, you know, I want my dang. You know, dang was just a word we used a lot just as it's a... It's an adjective that can mean whatever you want it to mean. Right. So, so that just became kind of like our little catchphrase, you know, we're going to get some dang barbecue when we go down to, down to the dang south. I guess I probably threw on some sort of offensive southern accent when I did it, but uh, <laughs> it's all love with my friends in the south. But anyway, that's just kind of how it became about. So I said, you know, when we, uh, if we open a barbecue place, it's definitely going to be called dang barbecue. And um, sure enough, about, it's been about four years now, we had an opportunity on this location in Islip. You know, it was a, a friend of mine who owned the spot, and she, um, she had some health issues, and it was right down the block from a catering hall that I own. So that's my principal business. I've been in the catering business for years. Mm-hmm. I've okay. grown up in the food business. I've always been a chef, been working in kitchens my whole life, and previously owned a restaurant that did some smoking back uh, before that, and I sold the restaurant and saved the, uh, one of the smokers. So I kept one of my, uh, my cook shacks then and I built a catering business. I, I built a catering business uh, out of that, doing off-premise catering. So we'd been doing that for about four or five years. So the barbecue had really grown, and we'd really been working on our craft with smoking, doing uh, food shows and street fairs and things like that. So when this opportunity came on, you know, came about in Islip, we kind of jumped at it and we uh, built it up. And my daughter, who she's 24 now, so at the time she was only about 20 years old. She decided that uh, she came home from college and it wasn't really working out for her. She didn't really uh, enjoy it. And she was going to school out on the West Coast, out in Oregon. And we kind of partnered up on this idea for Dang Barbecue. So Taryn, my daughter, she's the uh, idea, you know, the idea mastermind behind all the uh, milkshakes that we do. So that's the, kind of one of our signature things that we do at Dang Barbecue is we do all these crazy milkshakes. Ah. Milkshake counters. So, you know, the Dang Barbecue is basically known for two things. It's barbecue and it's milkshakes. So I'm... The brains behind all the silly sandwiches and the crazy names like the Apocalypse Now and the Brisky Business and Jurassic Pork, those things. Are <laughs> and then she does all the milkshakes. So it's and it's uh, it's been great. You know, it's grown from there. So two of my favorites, family Jeff. business, family two, business. Yeah, family business and barbecue and milkshakes. Yeah. Oh boy, I. I I didn't even know about the milkshakes. Now, this is, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, you know, Anthony, New York is not known. You know, we've, it, it, New York now is becoming much more known as a barbecue place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff and I have had the, the fortune, been fortunate enough to have gone to some great New York places. But New York isn't known for a flavor profile for barbecue, right? So, how do you determine 
the flavor profile you're going to use for, for this area. Okay, so I'm going to not so slyly drop a name here, but we were on TV last year on the show uh, called Burgers Brew and Q with Michael Simon, and Michael Simon is like sure. a fantastic chef. And mm-hmm. He owns uh, Mabel's Barbecue in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. Mighty Quinn's that opened up in the city that's now in Garden City. You know, the chef there had worked under Michael. And we were kind of talking about that then because, again, Cleveland is not known for barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York is not necessarily known for its own signature barbecue the way like Memphis is or Kansas City is right. or Carolinas are. So, you know, he said when people ask him, he just says it's Cleveland barbecue. And, you know, it's just how we do it. And I guess drawing inspiration from that, I said, well, yeah, we're kind of New York barbecue because we're in New York, we're a melting pot. We, we are basically, you know, an amalgam of all different types of people, all different types of food. So, you know, it would make sense that like New York barbecue is taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there and kind of making our own thing out of it. So, you know, when we do brisket, we do our brisket very much like they, they do it in Texas, where it's just a classic salt and pepper rub that we sprinkle on it. Right. You know, the, the pork is more of you know, Carolina style, you know, mm-hmm. do it. So, you know, you take influence from here and there and, right. and, and you just kind of build your own thing. You know, we just kind of make it the way we like it, you know. So uh, that's kind of the way, you know, the way yeah. we've kind of. I, I like that too. I mean, it's eclectic. It's right. It's, it's, you're not any particular, any, any one style. And, you know, one day, and I was going to actually, I was thinking about, I was going to close with this, but I can't. I got to just say it right now. One day, someone's going to say, you know how they say Texas barbecue, Carolina barbecue. One day, someone's going to say, yeah, we, uh, New York style barbecue. That plays a long way off, Len. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, you've been opening this location in Seaford for about a year now, and it's during the pandemic. How's it going? I mean, how's business doing? I, it could be better, of course. I mean, the pandemic hit five weeks after we opened. So when we opened, you know, obviously we opened to the, the new store buzz. We're very busy. You know, anytime you open a new location, it takes you, you know, a good month to two months to get your staff in their proper rhythm. So, you know, we felt like we never really got our feet on the ground. You know, when we opened up, it was, you know, working out the kinks. You know, this store is twice the size of the one we have in Islip. You know, training new staff, getting everybody. And, and we tried to take as much time as we could before we opened to get everybody trained. I mean, we took a month to train people. And even then, we weren't ready for just the absolute wave. You know, the support from, from the local community was amazing. And then all that just abruptly stopped right around St. Patrick's Day last year. It was March 16th when it all stopped. And then we had to build up as a new establishment from there, one that was focused on takeout. So, we, you know, we kind of tried to, like, roll with the punches and change the best we could. You know, we, we, we kind of uh, we added some stuff last spring, you know, our, our uh, dang marketplace where we were doing, like, uh, food that you could like, heat and serve at home. We thought that would be something that would be really popular, and that was doing pretty well. And then all the while, you know, we never closed. We stayed open the whole time, you know, retained as much staff as was willing to uh, stay on with us. You know, some people weren't comfortable, and, you know, they, they, uh, they left. Anyone who left, you know, no hard feelings, they, they left. You know, and then... Uh, you know, basically what we tried to do through all this is try to continue what we were doing in Islip is we kind of reached out to the community, letting people know, hey, we're here, we're open, if you need food, because people were losing their jobs, people were, were behind on, you know, you had to realize if you go back 11 months, so a month into this pandemic, we didn't know what kind of help we were going to get. We didn't know about PPP, we didn't know about the mandates of, you know, rent relief or any of these other things. People just knew that they were out of work and they were in trouble. 
So we kind of, uh, you know, took my last few dollars and made a commercial basically letting people know, hey, if you need food, we're here, you know, because we're making the food anyway. I don't want to throw it out, so I'd rather just feed people. So if you know anyone, and we're still doing that now. Um, we're doing that for anyone. It's, it's very, uh, you know, well-received in Islip, you know, out there, because, again, we're established in the community. And out here we've been doing pretty well. I mean, we're recognized, you know, from the uh, town of Hempstead for some of the help that we've been doing in the Hempstead area and uh, other surrounding areas. So, you know, we're just, like I said, we're here as new neighbors, but we didn't really even get a chance to meet our neighbors. So, you know, we, despite the pandemic, we're, we're growing and numbers have been coming back gradually. And we're excited for this. We almost want like a do-over. You know, I almost said like, you know, once they say, all right, it's 100%, I think we'll just have another grand opening and say, okay, <laughs> you know, let's try this again. Because we have a lot of plans for things that we want to do for, mm. for the area, you know. Not like a grand reopening, like another grand opening. This is right. uh, a mulligan. Yeah, it's a mulligan. Like, okay. <laughs> I think everyone could agree that 2020, we just assumed it didn't happen. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 has just been the sequel. It's just been so far the same right. thing. <laughs> you know, the the not wanted sequel. Yeah, right. you know, <laughs> it's the it's the sucky it's the sequel. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's, so that, that's giving too much credit to the first one. <laughs> 2020 wasn't Caddyshack. It was, uh, so this might be Caddyshack 3. You know, as everyone's saying, it's said to death, right? It is what it is. You know, mm. It's just, it is what it is. It's right. just, uh, you know, we're doing all right. You know, um, I feel like it's given us an opportunity to kind of take a step back and build up the, the restaurant that we want to have. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, we're really happy with it. And we're just excited for what it will be, you know, come summertime. We know that come summertime, people will be, you know, coming back outside, doing outdoor barbecues. You know, we can now focus on, you know, some of the catering that we do. We have a food truck. One thing about Long Island, I think everywhere in, in the country, actually, but Long Island, when you have good food, a restaurant with good food, it's packed. You know, if it's not the pandemic, you people, will be packed. People will wait. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you build it, they will come. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Long Island my whole life. I love it, you know, and I've done all types of food all over. Yeah. But, so you, you know. know. I, yeah, I mean, but uh, the idea of bringing barbecue, food that I love from the South, bringing it up to my home, you know, my home area. You know, I grew up in Suffolk County. I grew up in Islip, right near where the uh, first store was. But uh, just getting to know the people out here in Seaford. I love this town as well because Seaford, to me, is almost identical to Islip in a lot of ways to where it's a community within you know, an area that's surrounded by larger communities. So you have Massapequa right to the west, and you have Belmore. You have bigger towns around Seaford. Seaford's kind of the smaller town surrounded by larger towns. And uh, that's kind of what Islip is. Islip's surrounded by, you know, Bayshore and West Islip. And you see the bigger school districts, bigger towns. So it, it, I, I've, the friends I've made here in Seaford, you know, I see a lot of the, the, the same, like, parallels to what, you know, we had out there in Islip. We, you know, this tight-knit community, you know, Main Street, you know, out there is Main Street, here's Merrick Road. It's uh. Don't forget about us. It's not, it's not all about Massapequa. Seaford's right here, too. You know? That's right. <laughs> so you have, you have three locations. As you said, any plans for making having more? Uh, right now, no. I mean, right now, you know, the, the idea is we want to build, you know, these three to their fullest potential. I mean, the opportunity that came up in Hop Hog just kind of presented itself. You know, yeah, that's in, cool, though. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I want to go to that. You definitely should. <laughs> definitely should. Any sports fans out there, I mean, it is an experience unlike any other. It, you know, we called it, uh, you know, it's funny, we're trying to market it, and we're like, this is like an adult playground. 
as for a date night, you can go out there and just sitting down with my partners over there thinking about like, all right, how can we market this and let people know that there are games you can play. You can play, you can play a round of golf at Pebble Beach. You know, you could play St. Andrew's Golf Course in Scotland, you know, you know, so if golf is your thing, this place is amazing for golf. And even better is if you're like me to where, yeah, you like golf, but you don't love golf. This place is even better because for me, you know, speaking as a hacker that goes out there, it can be an embarrassing day. If I'm having a bad day, it can be embarrassing. So this experience eliminates the trying to find the seven balls I'm going to lose on the front nine alone. Um, you know, trying to hit a shot from somebody else's fairway. <laughs> you know, being 50, 60 yards behind the rest of my foursome as like I'm being stared at by the foursome behind me because I'm jamming up their day. Like none of that exists. You're in your own private simulator. It's it's the coolest thing. And in this big screen, like the size of a movie screen that you're hitting into. And the, the graphics, it's all, like, the, the way it's, like, laser-tracked. After every shot, you get complete statistics on your shot. So it shows you the, the speed of your club head, you know, how fast the ball left, the launch angle. So all those uh, sabermetrics that you, you get from baseball right. now, you're mm-hmm. going to get from golf. You know? Right. So, you know, how much have we heard about, like, launch angle and uh, oh, exit please. velocity? Please. <laughs> Things like uh, that. Yeah, Jeff, we're not fans of that. No, neither am I. When it comes to baseball, neither am I. I, I. I hear spin rate one more time for, for a pitcher. I'm like, come on. It doesn't matter. Like, he's got a high spin rate. I'm like, but he's getting crushed. You know, right. <laughs> you know they want to eliminate statistics like wins and losses and you know, ERA, they even say, isn't like an important stat. But they're just pitchers growing up watching. You know, I've been, I've been a Yankee fan since the 70s. And I always feel like I have to say since the 70s because there's a lot of people. My, I'm going to be 50 this year. And there are a lot of people my age that are Yankee fans. But if somebody my age says they're a Yankee fan, you know, I'll ask them what number was Andy Stankiewicz. And if you can't tell me, then you weren't really a Yankee fan. You know, if you don't remember, you know, the Kevin Moss years, you know. Well, Steve Balboni, he was, uh, came up with Mattingly, and he went to the Royals. So, you know, luckily they decided on Mattingly, not Balboni, because during the, those years, it wouldn't be a shock for them to keep Balboni and trade away Mattingly for, like, an aging pitcher, because mm-hmm. that was Jay Buhner, that was... Doug Drabeck, Bob Tewksbury, like everybody that was a decent prospect, they traded away for all the Dennis Rasmussen's of the world. And the Yankees were the... The Yankees back then would have been great today because with the wild card, you know, they were always in second place. Right. It was a different first place team every year, and they would win 90 games every year, but they never made it to the playoffs no. you know, with Ricky Henderson. They never made yeah. it to the, the playoffs. They didn't have pitching. No. They always needed pitching. They would bring in all the Andy Hawkins and uh, mm-hmm. you know Tommy Johns of the world at the end of their career, and it was like, you know, I think at one time the pitching rotation had like Necro, Phil Necro. They had like all the like Tommy John, Phil Necro. I don't know if they were in the same year, but they had like all these guys that were Hall of Famers, but just it was over, right. you know. And uh, you know Steinberg didn't care. He was just like, you know, and believe me, I love George Steinberg. I love the fact that it was like, an owner that cared that much, you know. You said before you're a Med fan, yeah, so, so my we, have, we have one now. <laughs> <laughs> we have one now. Well, that's got to be great, though, because I would think as a fan, you want your owner to be that. Right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I used to make fun of, you know, it, this is going to come off wrong, but, you know, as sports fans growing up in a group of guys, when you're different fans within a group, you know, 
know, the Jets fans and the Giants fans are always at each other's throats, and uh, the Yankee fans and the Met fans, the uh, you know, the Ranger fans and the Islander fans. And within the same group of guys I hang out with, you know, I have a friend who's a Yankee fan, but he's also a Jets fan, and I'm a Giants fan and a Yankee fan. So half the year we got along fine, and half the year <laughs> we didn't. But part of it was, you know, I couldn't imagine having an owner that you know wasn't willing to spend or like got into financial problems with Bernie Madoff and, and, right. and the Bobby Bonilla deal and all these things that just haunted them. And it was just like, well, just get over it. You're in a New York market. Get over it. And this isn't Kansas City Royals. R- right. right. No. <laughs> so, let, let me bring this back to barbecue yeah, for, sorry, for a minute. Barbecue. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no way. No, we love baseball. Well, Come on. Right. Money in baseball? I would do that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, you know what, though? <laughs> Notice how it, we, it, baseball and barbecue is the perfect Reese's. It, we are a Reese's peanut butter cup. They go great together. So I'm glad that we brought baseball in. Yeah. And now Jeff is bringing it back to barbecue, yeah, which is so shocking I, the heck out of me. On your rare day off, because you open seven days, you're cooking all the time, you, you have a rare day off, you're home with the family, you're in the backyard, you're going to cook a what, – what are you cooking back there? Okay, well, all right, so full disclosure, truthfully, if, I'm, if I have a day off, which we do, I, I have been working seven days a week. But uh, if I have a day off and I'm going to be doing barbecue, I'm probably doing something more like a shorter smoke, like ribs. I'm probably going to be doing ribs. Mm-hmm. You know, and just being honest, I have somebody that can do brisket for me, and it's the way I do brisket. So if I'm going to do brisket at home, you know, we have the guys at the, the restaurant do brisket. So if I'm going to do it like home smoking, it's going to be ribs. It's going to be, you know, I really enjoy chicken thighs. You know, like you can do a lot with chicken thighs. And But truthfully, you know, the chef in me tends to do more other type of stuff at home so I might do like a Jamaican jerk chicken I might do a you know a different type of thing and we try to do that here too we try to like infuse different things because it's fun it's fun to like infuse barbecue you can infuse barbecue into any cuisine you can do that literally with anything so you know doing barbecue egg rolls and empanadas and, and things like that people really you know it's just a cool different little thing that we can do here it goes over really well people like it do, you do anything for like single de Mayo yeah, yeah. I mean, Cinco de Mayo, we have on our menu a barbecue, we call them smokehouse tacos, where you get a choice of whatever of our meats. You can have the pulled chicken or pork, you know, and the pork tacos are phenomenal. Brisket, and uh, so we'll do a special with our tacos. We'll do more drink specials with that, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll uh, bring in like a, a Modelo or something like that, you know, and do specials like that on, on tap. You know, we'll probably add in some extra little things like little quesadillas or burritos, you know, things that we could add in. But it'll be barbecue-centric, so we'll... I let the chefs go, go nuts with that. Now, do you notice that as the TV shows, the, you know, the reality shows on Netflix or whatever, maybe there's more focus on um, Texas barbecue like Aaron Franklin, do you notice that there's more of a demand for a certain type of food? And in my mind, when I ask that question, I'm thinking brisket. But maybe it's something else. I don't know. Brisket, I mean, we fly through brisket here. The one item that we run out of every day that we just can't even keep in is our burnt ends. So, you know, for anyone who's familiar with barbecue, burnt end is the part of the brisket that comes off the, the top, the deckle, the point mm-hmm. of the brisket. And it's just like, you know, we call it meat candy. It's just It just flies. It's our most popular item. So, you know, people, the word gets out. People know about that. People get angry. You know, they come in. It, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock on a Saturday night, and they order. Like, you know, we sold out. You know, and right. like, how could you not have more? It's like, believe me, I'd love to, but you have to smoke a fourteen pound brisket to pull three pounds or four pounds of deckel off of it. It's uh, the, mm-hmm. the the bigger part of the brisket is the flat. You know, or the the first cut. You know, the bottom. See, the difference is in in a place like Texas, they wait in line 
okay, at all these places, all you hear is they, they line up early in the morning. I mean, Franklin's is the one everybody knows, but there's other places. They wait in line early in the morning, and when they sell out, they sell out, and that's it, and they close. Whereas you, you don't have that luxury. And so it's almost like you have to have food constantly, and you don't want to have a ton of leftovers. So how do you, how do you figure that out? That's got to be a hard balancing act. I mean, you set your numbers out, and at some point, you know, certain things will run out during the night. You know, any good barbecue place, it's, it's going to happen. You know, so at a certain point during the night, believe me, we don't want to run out of ribs, you know, but we don't want to have leftover ribs either. I'd rather run out at a certain point during the night than, you know, because we don't reuse the meat. So if we have ribs over at the end of the night, we'll pull those down and we'll chop that meat up and put that in our chili, you know, mm-hmm. or we'll do like a, you know, a boneless rib sandwich kind of a thing, you know, but we don't, we won't serve those ribs the next day as right. ribs. We smoke all our ribs for mm-hmm. that day. I mean, our barbecue chili is pretty cool. Like we actually use all of the different meats that we have. So our chili has brisket and sausage and oh, pork. Wow. Pork. So it's wow. So it's, it's, it's more like a crust between a chili and like a Brunswick stew. But yeah. It's more like it has the chili taste profile. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, so we do different things on the menu that obviously, you know, you would use, using air quotes, like leftovers for like our empanadas and things like that. But generally speaking, we want, want to run out. You know, we want to run out. I mean, the New York consumer isn't like the South, the Southern, you know, the people in Texas, they understand that, you know, and it's just, we're not as New Yorkers programmed to stand in line all day to wait for something on the offshoot chance that you're not going to get it. I mean, I can't imagine the people that I and friends with waiting online for an hour to get to the front of the line to have like the, the window closed. I mean, they would just lose their minds. <laughs> so, you know, believe me, I'd love to have a place like that, but, you know, you have to kind of balance that. Anthony, have anybody given you any unusual requests to, to, for uh, going off the menu? Yeah, I mean, uh, people have, you get a lot of times with people who travel and they've tasted different things. I've had people come in. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I, you know if you come to me and you, you say, hey, have you ever tried smoking whatever, lamb or smoking, you know, some, some other different type of meat, you know, usually the answer is if we thought it would sell, we would put it on the menu, but privately I'll try smoking anything, you know. I've had people ask me, the big thing that we get a lot of requests for is the beef bones, like the, the monster bones. Mm, yes. You know, there's some barbecue places that are, you know, do a really great beef rib, and we'll bring them in every once in a while as a special. They're, they're phenomenal. It's just like, one of, it's again, it's one of those things where if we're going to bring them in, we want to sell them out. You know, because again, it's a higher price point item. You know, uh, it's a it's something that you're not going to get for uh, fifteen, sixteen dollars when you come in to buy it. It's it's going to be a thirty thirty plus dollar meal, but it, it's really it's it's an unbelievable item. We'll get requests for it, and we just try to gear that towards a busier night. So we might bring that in for a Saturday night, or we might bring that in for you know for a weekend. You know, yeah, I haven't gotten any crazy crazy requests. No one's asked for anything like frog legs or anything, but uh, you know. Say rabbit or something like that. No, I haven't gotten rabbit. I or a gator. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I love traveling around. I mean, my dream retirement would be to be like one of those like travel channel shows where you just travel the world and just eat their food. You know, that would sign me up for that. I'd love that. Even the weird stuff. Even that that, that Andrew Zimmern show where he just goes and eats. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're talking about running out, and and it's it's not like if you went to a diner, let's say, and you wanted a burger. 
you know, I, I'm sure they could have a, a burger in the freezer that they could put on the griddle. You know, if you're out of ribs, it's not like you could say, oh, yeah, you got five hours, you got six hours, right. we'll just smoke some for you. Well, so, you know, that's the thing. We have another great barbecue place right down the road. I think you alluded to him before, Smoking Owls. And uh, Al and I have t- talked. And, and it, it, you know, he's a great guy. It's great. We have tons of respect for them. But it's the same thing. You're going to Smoking Owls. You're going to Dang Barbecue. You're getting fresh smoked ribs. Right. If you're going to like Chili's and getting their baby back, baby back, baby back ribs, that they will not run out of that because they're getting that in frozen, they're steaming it, and you know that's what that is. That's a chain. That's not the same thing. So if you're going to a true barbecue restaurant, and I have all the respect in the world for, for Al um, mm-hmm. or anybody that's in this business. You know, the guys right. out Rolling Smoke is another great barbecue place out in Ronkonkoma. You know, the guys over at Mighty Quinn's, obviously. I mean, like, the guys who are really doing the right thing. If you go into them and they run out, believe me, they didn't want to run out. They wanted to make money off of your purchase. Right. Somebody got there first, and uh, you know they got they got the product that they wanted to sell. So that's that's basically you know what you're dealing with. If you want to if you want to go to a place that's never going to run out of ribs, you know go to a, a chain place and they're going to pull it out of the freezer and the, and the quality suffers. Well, yeah, it's going to be like a heavily sauced rib that's you know not going to have any smoke flavor on it. And it's you know. Yeah, sauces. What do you use? Do you make your own sauce, or you, uh, is it something special that you uh, order? Yeah, we make our own sauces. We have five different house barbecue sauces, and then we have about 20, well, including those five, another 15 uh, different wing sauces that we do, and we make them all in-house. I heard about the, the, the wing sauce, the hot, that you were making at one time. Yeah. That was um, pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, our walk-through fire, or we call WTF sauce. <laughs> um, that, that's a, that's a, it's so hot you had to sign a waiver. <laughs> to do it and and we'll still have that we're waiting for the pandemic to die down because uh because we won't send that out to go we don't trust you with that you know we we uh we want to see you eat that in front of us because we don't want anyone hurting themselves with it so uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe that would have yeah can you imagine that that sauce might have been so hot it might have killed the uh the, the covid <laughs> <laughs> sitting in this restaurant we're looking like we're walking through fire because that's what the decorations all around here it's, yeah it's beautiful it's, it's right painted Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I would never have guessed. So he was up on a scaffold for a couple of weeks doing that while we were uh, building this. She did great work. We are here with Anthony Master Antonio. We, you know, we could talk for hours, um, which, as you listeners know, we do. But we're going to let him get back to his thing. He's got three restaurants to run, plus he's got a catering place. But guys, anyone who's in the vicinity you got to check this place out. Any of his three places, Dang Barbecue. Give him your support. And whether, you know, the food is going to be fantastic, so you're not going to be sorry. But let's support our barbecue places during the pandemic, after, and just enjoy yourself. The food, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm smelling it. You got to come here. That's all I'm saying. Do you have any uh, social media that you, you want to promote? Uh, sure. We have uh, it's Dang Barbecue, uh, at Dang Barbecue on Instagram. Also, Dang Barbecue Seaford. And uh, Dang Barbecue, it's BBQ. I keep saying barbecue, but Dang BBQ, Dang BBQ Seaford, or Dang BBQ Cantina, all on Instagram, also on Facebook. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, I don't think, we don't keep up with the Twitter account if we have one. But my daughter, again, my daughter's the technological... Uh, Family business. Yep, yep. Jeff, I make an appeal like that. <laughs> I make an appeal like that. And then, and then you... Do you have any social media? <laughs> so I forgot. I know. I want to. I, I feel bad. I, I almost like was ending it. And then... <laughs> 
Well, we're gonna, we are going to let Anthony go. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. No problem, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Dang barbecue. If you're on Long Island, actually, even if you're not on Long Island, it might be worth the trip. Come to Long Island. Right. Exactly. Some people travel for their barbecue. So his barbecue is excellent. And not only his barbecue, but his milkshake. So yes, Jeff, the next episode, this was our bonus episode. The next episode, we're going to have part two of George Georgiatis. And we're going to have Andrew Marinus, who wrote a book called Singled, Singled Out, right? Yes. The Glenn Burke story. You are not going to want to miss that episode. That's, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to. It's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. That's not a sad book. I would say a sad yeah. book, but yeah. the, 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 the life that Glenn Burke led as a baseball player mm-hmm. is something that everybody should read. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very well written, and it's yes. just it's it's very good. So that is on the next episode. So we we're looking forward to seeing everybody. That's going to be episode ninety six. Yes, right, Jeff. I I know we don't want to leave, but let's. Uh, I guess the what's the expression? Leave them wanting more. Exactly. <laughs> so we want to just say thank you to everyone. Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to our guests. And we leave you with the poet, Shel Krakowski, the musician, Dave Dresser, and baseball always brings you home. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.